listening to the Analuya podcast, where faith and animation collide. Each episode, we'll discuss various topics in today's animated movies and TV shows, while also sharing our thoughts and opinions as they relate to faith and spirituality. Get ready to raise a hallelujah. It's time for Analuya. And you're locked into another episode of the Analuya podcast. My name is Josh, and as always, well, you guys know what I'm going to say. Rebecca is here. That's right. I'm here. Hey, guys. And if you didn't listen to last week's episode, you're joining us um, in the continuation of our Supernatural series. So kind of just go back if you didn't hear about this last uh, episode. We're going to be talking about animated films that deal more in the supernatural. So whether that be ghosts, witches, demons, you name it. We did Corpse Bride last week. I'm very excited for this week's episode, so we'll get to talking about that um, here in a little bit. Um, But first, we talked about it being fall and all the things that go with fall, whether it be October, November. Those are kind of like the two months that I classify as the fall months. Well, particularly here in Tennessee, because um, in Tennessee, September, like, uh, it's technically fall, but, you know, it doesn't feel like fall. I mean, we're in October here, and it's still in the 80s, so. Yes, so it's either hit or miss. It can be great in September, or it can be scorching hot. Mostly scorching hot, still. October starts to cool off, though, thankfully. Well, we actually um, did one of our first, uh, quote-unquote, bakings in, um, for this month of October. So we did a new type of recipe. Well, okay, it was a mix. <laughs> For those of you who are living the sugar-free life or the gluten-free life, you may be familiar with a company called Lacanto, and they're known for mainly their keto-based uh, mixes and having like, and paleo. And paleo. They do, yeah, keto and paleo. And having like one to two net carbs like per serving, which is great. And so they, for the fall, they had a pumpkin muffin slash bread recipe. So Rebecca, you made the bread version of that mix That's and right. i'm gonna say it sweeter than i was anticipating but very very good it was the perfect amount of sweet to me but it was very spiced i don't know i think it was too much like cloves or nutmeg or something um yeah it was i mean it was yummy it was good um but it wasn't my favorite well let's Get into the continuation of our Supernatural series. And before we get into this week's movie, uh, the Kiki's Delivery Service, we actually have a guest for this episode, and we're very delighted to have them. And they are a freelance writer. They are the host of the podcast titled Underrated. So out of Orange County, California, please welcome Derek Nickduff. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here and talk about Kiki. Yeah, absolutely. We are, too. <laughs> <laughs> and Derek, you said that you've seen this like a bunch of times. And I think mm-hmm. like most of us have, because when I first saw the movie, I was, um, gosh, maybe 11, 12, and it would come on like Disney Channel like every October. Um, from what mm-hmm. I remember. So that's like how I always watched it before owning it on like DVD. Yeah, I I, um, I didn't see it until maybe I was in my early 20s um, because I the first Miyazaki movie that I saw was um, 
Princess Mononoke. And then from there on, I was, which was when I was in high school. And then from there on, I was like, okay, I've got to see, like, I started watching more of his films. And eventually um, I, and the girl I was dating at the time, we were like, let's watch every one of them. So we checked off the list. We made our way down. And this was, you know, one of the first few that we watched together was Kiki. And it's, it's so just fun and lighthearted. And, and I I really enjoyed it. And it's one I've gone back and revisited um, a bunch of times over the years. It's, you know, um, I rewatched it definitely uh, during the pandemic. I was uh, and I got HBO Max for the first time, and I saw that it was on there. So I was like, it was one of the first things I ever watched when I got HBO Max. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I noticed that because we had AT and T and we had HBO Max through that service, and um, I saw that they had their Studio Ghibli collection. So I was really excited about about mm-hmm. that as well. Yeah, I was surprised they put it on streaming. Because they like for the longest time they were like so against streaming. Yeah, they were why. like yeah. you can yeah. only get it on DVD and Blu-ray. So I thought yeah. it was gonna be that way for a long time. Yeah, and I'm a lot like yeah. you, Derek. Um, I didn't see Kiki's delivery service until I want to say the latter half of the 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, so not that long ago <laughs> that I saw yeah. it, um, and um, it was really good. I enjoyed it. So yeah, it's one of my favorites. All right, so Derek, we just have a few questions for you. We just want to have our audience get to know you a little bit better. So what sure. got you interested in writing? Well, I've always been kind of, you know, a I've, I've always loved writing. When I was in school, I always liked doing essays and stuff a lot more than I would like. I was not a good test taker, but I was always really good at writing essays. I've always been a very creative person, and I love telling kind of stories and stuff like that and, you know, talking about films and just or anything And so, you know, through that, I started kind of, you know, eventually I switched majors in college to become an English major um, and, you know, doing some creative writing and stuff like that. But, you know, through that, I, you know, also being such a big movie buff and, you know, being a pretty decent writer, I like to think was like, okay, like maybe I can apply some of this. So I started, you know, uh, getting some freelance gigs and stuff like that. um, And then, you know, eventually starting my own podcast with that. And going into the podcast, so the podcast is called Underrated. So for so I listened to a couple episodes, but for our audience, can you kind of tell us a little bit about the Underrated podcast? Yeah, so it's a podcast, um, you know, like you guys, I talk about films, um, you know, and like me and um, my two of my, my, I have two co-hosts on the show, Alan and Ariel. We all are really big film buffs. We all used to work together. Two of us still do. Um, but we would always go to the movies and afterwards we would just sit around for hours and just talk and talk and talk about movies. And we always wanted to kind of have our own podcast because we essentially were all the time anyway, just nobody, we weren't recording it. We just didn't really have an angle until we kind of realized like, oh, you know, there's all these movies out there that never get talked about or have a bad reputation or, you know, critics hated them or if critics liked them, audiences didn't go to see them. And so if is something is kind of underrated or under the radar, like it's something we want to talk about, bring these attention to these movies that really deserve more kind of, of more love, you know? And I feel like there are, as you said, like tons of films that don't get the recognition or the notoriety um, that they deserve. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a million reasons why a movie might not get the respect that it deserves. Um, so this is just one little way that we can, you know, tell people, Hey, go watch speed racer. Cause it's great. <laughs> Okay, so now a few fun questions. Um, okay. So in the spirit of um, Halloween, uh, what is your favorite scary movie? So there's there's a few contenders. Um, I was thinking about maybe The Thing. That one's a good movie. Like you, um, cause I kind of like movies that are more thrillers. 
than scary movies. Like jump scares don't really get me. I'm usually not a fan of slasher movies, but I like movies that get me very, very tense. Mm-hmm. Um, the first alien might have to be my pick for favorite scary movie. It's, it's just so that kind of fear and foreboding that it brings. Um, Midsummer is a more recent one that I really, really enjoyed a lot. That's when it's just all in the daylight and it's still, and there's not really like things jumping out at you, but it's still absolutely terrifying. And it yes, is kind of, yes. it's all, and it's real. Like, it's like, it feels like this could actually happen to you. So it just, it's very terrifying. Yeah. It is a, it is a, it is a cult film like no other that I had seen Mm -hmm. from Midsummer. And, and again, this isn't, I I wrote this, like, what is your favorite, like Halloween candy? It doesn't have to be like just one they eat at Halloween. It can be anytime. Well, Reese's cups for sure. Like you can't beat Reese's cups. (laughs) They're so good. Like uh, anytime, like I actually, um, in the, like, past year or so like i've you know been trying to eat a lot healthier and you know stay away from sweets um not completely but you know just kind of like like cut you know be a little healthier and not really do that but anytime i see a reese's cup i'm like yeah, okay no there's no rules today reese's cup, that's happening. <laughs> i know we were talking about before we started recording um we were like man those little pumpkin ones why are they so much better oh. they're so good and the trees for christmas they're so yummy. yes i think i don't know it has to do with like maybe like the ratio of chocolate to That's like what I peanut butter or like yeah. the way that like, you know, cause it's not as hard. Like, I don't know. It's something it's, it's, but it's, I know what you mean. They're, yep. they're better in this, that form. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always been Reese's. Um, Kit Kats is another one just because we did the Tokyo treat for a while, that box oh my gosh, and got all those different like flavor Kit Kats. So That's those were really good. Yeah, um, Kit Kats are Kit Kats are good too. For sure. <laughs> so, out of your entire time of just dressing up, trick or treating, what is your best or most memorable costume from Halloween? For me, oh, so it was actually last year. So I didn't get to wear it like out trick or treating or anything, but it was one that I just kind of like cobbled together myself. And me being like a really big movie fan, maybe my favorite movie might be Jurassic Park. And I was actually like, I was Ellie Sattler. So I had a lot of fun with that because I, I got like a Bond wig and I had like a mask that said Jurassic Park on it. And I had like, uh, I went to just like a uh, Target and I found like exactly the right pink shirt and like the blue undershirt and like tied it in the like bow like she does in the movie. So I thought that was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> and last uh, question. What is your favorite, I guess, Halloween or scary animated movie? So this is, this is a uh, one I was thinking about a little bit and, uh, I think Coraline has to be it for me. Like, I love that movie. Like that movie, you know, I was, I was not like a kid when I saw it. I was 19 when it came out. Um, but man, that is, it's just so it it's, it's another movie that it's just got this creepy vibe to it. Um, yes. Like the stuff with like the other mother and like, like the sewing, the buttons on the eyes. It's just oh, gosh. really just disturbing. You're like, is this a kid's <laughs> movie? Like this is creepy, but like, it's so, and I don't know. I really love that. We've got Keith David as a black cat, which is a perfect casting. So <laughs> I, I love Coraline. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. When, when I saw the buttons, I'm like, I don't think I was emotionally prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> that one. And then there's one other one too, which is perfect blue, which is uh, an yeah. anime that's yes. it's more of a thriller. Have you guys seen it? I, I haven't. I've seen the trailer and I was like, okay. I don't know the I, I do want to check it out. Yeah. It oh, is very it? disturbing. It's just like one of those psychological thrillers that mm-hmm. is like, and because it's animated, it does a lot of things that make you question reality. It's almost like Hitchcockian with it's just like, yeah, <laughs> what is happening right now at any moment? <laughs> well, great. So again, we're going to be talking about Kiki's delivery service and just going to read a bit of the synopsis. 
If you recall from earlier episodes, I tried to just read and come up with a synopsis like off the cuff. That did not turn out well because <laughs> the synopsis sounded really bad. Like I think I have it, to correct him. <laughs> I think it was when I tried to describe fruits basket. Um, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and it was like this is about a girl who goes to live with a group of men. And I'm like, this is not going well. I mean, yes, <laughs> but no. <laughs> but thank goodness for INDV. So going to be reading uh, the brief synopsis for you guys in case you haven't seen it. Kiki is a teenage witch in training, and she has reached the age of 13. According to tradition, all witches of that age must leave home for one year so that they can learn how to live on their own. Kiki, along with her talking cat, Gigi, fly away to live in the seaside town of Kuriko. After starting her own delivery service, Kiki must learn how to deal with her new life, especially after she loses the power to fly. So kind of, um, kind of giving you a few technical specifications. This came out in 1989, which I thought it was not that old. Uh, I thought it was like mid-90s when this like came out. So I was very surprised to learn that uh, when doing more of the research. Um, it is rated G. Um, it comes in at about an hour, 45, almost two hours, uh, distributed by Studio uh, Ghibli G-Kids and, of course, directed by Hayao Miyazaki. So let's uh, get our general thoughts on the film. Uh, Derek, what are your kind of like general like first impressions or I guess um, from having seen it so many times, what are your general thoughts about uh, Kiki? Well, I think that there's really kind of two movies that kind of two kinds of movies that are directed by Hayao Miyazaki. And those are the ones that are very plot heavy. And it's like things like Princess Mononoke or Spirited Away, where you're like kind of on this like intense journey with this character. And then they're the ones that are just, you're just living in this world for a little bit. And this much, this one definitely falls into that second category where like, you know, there is like plot progression, but it's more of a just character study of this kind of interesting character and this world she inhabits and these people she meets and what it's like. And it's it's just such a pleasant movie to come back to. Like if you're having a bad day or something, it's a movie you can just kind of flip on and watch Kiki and, you know, see her because she's not a perfect character. She struggles with these things like she she gets mad at her friend and, you know, she has these problems where she. Um, you know, she loses her power and she doesn't really, she's very unsure of herself, but she just feels so relatable and real. And you, you want to be with her on this journey and, you know, you've, and it's me, you know, this is actually really interesting video essay done by Patrick Willems, who is um, one of my favorite um, content creators. And he talks about how, you know, him being a, like, you know, like working um, on like these video essays and stuff and doing this thing that he loves and kind of doing it freelance, just like, you know, which I can relate to. And Kiki's also kind of doing this freelance work with her flying and her delivery service. She loves flying, but it starts, she starts to get like this burnout feeling. So it's something that I can definitely relate to in that aspect where it's like, yeah, I am, you know, doing what I love doing all this freelance writing, but it is still, you know, work. And uh, I, I really just overall, it's, it's a great movie. Um, everything about it is so nice. It's just such a pleasant world. Um, there is some action at the end um, that where, you know, people's lives are in danger and, you know, it is exciting in that aspect too. Um, but it never feels like it is just going off the rails or anything. Everything is very believable and everything is kind of set up. Uh, uh, honestly, one of, one of my favorite of the, 
uh, Ghibli films for sure. It's well, I mean, me, all of Miyazaki's stuff is incredible. Um, and this is definitely no exception. Yeah. I kind of along my same lines of thinking, like it is very much a more lighthearted film than other Miyazaki, um, works again. You have spirit away princess Mononoke, um, and a few others that, um, are very deep, um, uh, at times. And again, Kiki kind of takes another role in that, Hey, you know, this is, you know, okay, for children, there is about a witch, but it's not a scary witch. It's it's not that dynamic. And it's also a coming-of-age story as well. Because, again, Kiki is in the throes of adolescence. She's away from home. She's had to make this transition and kind of find herself. And we'll talk a little bit about identity as well, because she's losing, when she loses her ability to fly, she's kind of losing what makes her her in a way. Would you say that, Rebecca? I would. Yeah, she's kind of losing losing that identity and everything. Mm-hmm. What What were your general thoughts about about Kiki's Delivery Service? I like it. I really like Kiki's Delivery Service. It is very lighthearted. Slice of life. I haven't always loved slice of life, um, but I do now. Um, so yeah, it's really fun. It definitely feels like the majority of the movie is like getting you ready for that moment when she loses her powers mm-hmm. and um, so that you can relate with her and you go, Oh yes, hold on. You can do it. And you want to, <laughs> you want to fight with her. And um, so I liked that. I liked that aspect. So you, you were really rooting for her. One of the things that I loved about um, that particular portion of the movie was where the artist um said that was it painting and magical powers seem the same or that they're like inspiration comes the same way and i thought that was really cool um because i'm a painter myself and so i really related with that you know and i think that you know her the direct correlation between kiki and the painter and how they're all, all those parallels drawn kind of makes anyone with any creative endeavor kind of relate a lot to kiki and just kind of when she loses that and you, you know, if you are struggling, if you get like writer's block or something, as I do every once in a while, you kind of feel like a loss of identity in a way. Cause you're like, well, if I'm, you know, you've tied so much of your identity to this creative part of yourself. And if you lose it, you're like, okay, well, you know, kind of now what, like I have to, you know, find something to kind of, you know, I don't know, just get that back. And when she, you know, fly is able to fly again and like save her friend's life it's so just like you said you root root for it so empowering yeah absolutely empowering is a really good uh word i think to use for kiki um yeah yeah and i think we've all gone through you know writer's block or creative blocks i mean you know rebecca you're a painter uh, rebecca you're a painter uh derek you're a freelance writer i myself am a freelance videographer so um there was a time where you know we've all come to had to come to grips with like why is nothing working out why is this i've i've spent and poured so much of myself into it if it's not working then what do i have left it's a scary feeling it was really scary (laughs) so while we're on the topic of identity um let's go ahead and just kind of like delve into that so in the portion of the movie which is kind of towards the end kiki loses her ability to fly so again that takes away from her delivery service because she can't make long distance travels, at least not in the air anymore. And now she was already unsure of being in a new place, starting a new life. She's now kind of like doubting herself. And this is kind of where she goes with the artist to kind of have a, I guess you could say a spiritual retreat of some sort. 
I guess that's pretty true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Derek, when you think about identity and kind of like quote unquote identity crisis, kind of what does that mean to you? I mean, I guess it's, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, especially when you're, you're that age, Kiki's 13 and she's really trying to figure out who she is. And, you know, like, people like ask you all the time, like, Oh, who are you? Like, what do you do? Like that becomes such a a thing that is tied to identity, like your job, but really. um, And if, you know, in this case, she's getting a job and she loses that. And she, so she kind of, you know, loses her identity. And I think people will tie, you know, that particular aspect of a person way too much to their overall identity. Um, I think that film, this film does kind of like tie on that, like, while this is important to Kiki, um she also there's so many more things that are important to her like Gigi and her friend Tombo and like that kind of developing thing and just like the relationship has with like the bakers and they're kind of like being like surrogate parents or her actual family which she's kind of you know like she's left behind so you know people are so multifaceted and you know when you have something that you lose about yourself and people it doesn't have to be like a worth thing but like say that you are in like a relationship with somebody for a long time and then you go through a breakup and then you kind of lose that piece of yourself, that part that you're tied to, like you identify yourself as like this, per- like being like, that's a part of me is being with this person. And then when you lose that part of you, people, you know, don't know how to handle it. Um, so there's so many reasons you can go through an identity crisis and you can kind of relate back to Kiki kind of going through this. Um, there's other movies that do this really well too. I think Spider-Man two is a really good example because, you know, Peter goes through a similar thing. He loses his powers um, and he can't, he's can't be Spider-Man. And he has that thing where he's like, I'm Spider-Man no more. And he has to kind of grapple like with who he is as like Peter Parker versus Spider-Man. Cause he has that kind of dual identity. And then kind of at the end, when he realizes kind of how he can, you know, balance the two parts of his lives, these two kind of identities and really it's make, they're just different parts of himself that are not separate necessarily that he can, you know, when he, admits to Mary Jane who he is and just kind of like admits that yeah Spider-Man is Peter Parker there's not not these two separate things and just the way we like the way we look at identity is just a very interesting thing this film handles that really well um in particular about how Kiki is you know she's so much more than just being you know a delivery service she's all these different things so yeah I I, I really loved it um you know handled really well i thought yeah humans are pretty complex beings aren't we (laughs) (laughs) and we're pretty fragile you know um Mm -hmm, i think we can break pretty easily uh, which is why it's so important to have those things that anchor you yes yeah and i know we've talked about identity like uh, gosh i think uh, quite a few times on the podcast uh, just because there are a lot of films that we've talked about that kind of have an aspect or deal with that in some sort of way um so whether it's faith is where you find your identity, whether it's your job, or I think I think our occupation has kind of like that. That's a lot of people. That's what we do. That's who we are. That's that's kind of you know where we find ourselves. Well, it's in the question that we ask. It's the first question. Hi, I'm Rebecca. Oh, nice to meet you. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> And, and it's this. interesting that she gets her her flying back, which she's she loses it because she's you know when she's going through she makes it just tied to her job, but she gets it back when it's tied to you know helping out her friend when yeah. it's in service of you know not like just you know doing this job you know just for some money. It's about like saving her friend's life, like going out there and 
saving Tombo and it, it's it's really a cool sequence I think where she kind of and she's still like she's bouncing off the wall she's still like a little bit she's like ah reach out reaching out for him so she's not still perfect at it but it is you know it's showing the kind of growing pains um and that she's getting that power back for herself yeah I think even the there's like sort of an allegory there of the flying is um her being able to to take off and to soar it's her time to to go into the world and um yeah, so it was cool to be able to see that. I like that they had that that growth. That it was like, no, it's about helping other people, just like you said. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's where she found what really matters to her is helping others and her friends and her family. Definitely yeah, agree with that. Yes, and going to the character of Tom, though, um, he's kind of like he has these interests, but he's kind of like free spirit as well at the same time just wanting to you know make friends with this interesting girl um, that's just come to town, but. She is not having it. (laughs) You know, miss, I love flying, too. Can I see your broom? Hey, wait. Thank you for getting me out of trouble, but I really shouldn't be talking to you, and you want to know why? It's very rude to talk to a girl before you've been introduced and before you know her name. Well, she just lays down the law. <laughs> I, she, she, she's very stubborn, and I think she's just trying to assert herself um, being in a new place. It's like, hey, I don't know you. You're a stranger. Stranger danger. <laughs> but with being in a new town, um, again, that's that kind of age story, like, you know, finding yourself, again, where we talked about identity. But I want to go to the topic of witches, because this film kind of like normalizes um that in a way because when i think of witches i'm thinking of big pointy hat thinking the wicked witch of the west but kiki is not that it's again as we've said before it's much more light-hearted um more joyful in a way i guess you could say um of that characteristics uh, of witches are not well the um that's what i'm trying to think of the um the general characteristics we used to think of, which is, yes, she's got the room flying, but we don't see, like, a lot of the, well, we do see in the beginning, that a lot of the potion making and casting spells. Again, when she comes to the seaside town, people aren't afraid, like they would be of other witches in other films that you see. Um, that's an interesting dynamic. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's interesting, because you, you bring up, uh, you know, the Wicked Witch of the West and stuff, but there's also... You know, in that same movie, you also have Glinda the Good Witch, you know, so it's it kind of, you know, like, it's like, okay, like, yeah, I think it, it's kind of, it's saying that, like, um, you know, it's kind of like, I guess, metaphorical, where it's just like, yeah, like, witches are like, they're just, you know, people might have these preconceived notions about the, this kind of character, um, but, you know, and that Dorothy does have that, too, she's like, oh, you're a witch, and she's like, no, well, I'm a good witch, you know, like, <laughs> it's it's not just what you think, they're not just the, the crooked-nosed, you know, people, and I think that's kind of just a way to say, like, you know, you might have your preconceived notions about this a certain kind of person in general. Um, but you know, like they're, they're not necessarily what you think just based on, you know, your previous biases and stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's all I was trying to think of. Like the, the bias of what we have for witches is like, okay, witches are bad. Gotham's are bad. All these, um, things, but I guess we can take into account like that. Not all of that, self-set or not all of that genre is bad because i think when people say you know rock music uh, uh, like growing up in the church like oh rock music is bad all anime is bad all this is bad it's like it paints with a broad brush and that's that that's unfair to a lot of the arts really um because um 
I took that for a long time. I had to struggle with like, well, what am I watching? What am I listening to? Is it that? Is it good? I've been taught this. And I really had to like figure out for myself, okay, what is the message that I'm hearing and what, what am I getting from it? And does it convict me or does it not? Um, with with wishes, I, I love the uh, the take that they did on this because I, I like seeing a new aspect as uh, versus what I previously thought about it in terms of witches and witchcraft and warlocks. Uh, Becca, um, what say you on that? What say you? Um, I mean, I think we would be remiss to not mention too that witches are definitely not Christian. Well, yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I know we're, we're a Christian podcast, um, but I mean, you know, I think with Kiki's delivery service, um, that's not such a big focus mm-hmm. for the movie. It truly is that idea of being an outcast and the only one rather on rather than the spiritual and supernatural aspect of that of her character yeah because it doesn't delve too deep into that again in one part of the film she says well hey Gigi, maybe we can find a place to stay you know i just want people to accept me for who i am and again that's yeah she's she harps a lot on that's the main main focus um of all that as we all want acceptance right yeah because yeah a lot of points in the film she's like well not that beautiful or you know not that talented or you know, whatever it might be. And that uh, really just, uh, like she, it's all about acceptance is what she wants. Well, it's because she's 13. <laughs> I mean, can we talk for a second about she's 13 leaving home? That's, I mean, I know this is a different culture, so we can't, it's not past judgment or anything, but like, oh my goodness, she's 13 leaving <laughs> home. That's crazy to me. Um, yeah, and it's funny because like I, I moved, I related a little bit. I didn't leave home or anything, but I also moved when I, um, from my hometown when I was 14 years old and, you know, kind of trying to like be in this new place. And so it was like freshman year of high school and like trying to make new friends in this place. It's kind of scary. And, you know, you know, you might meet somebody like a Tombo, but you're like, what are your intentions? Like, I don't know if I can trust you, you know? So I, I definitely like that aspect of it um, being in a new place when you're 13, 14 hit home for me. Yeah, definitely. And you can tell too that she's she's definitely thirteen. She's pretty um, pretty immature. I mean, you know, as we all are at that age. Um, <laughs> she's got this like camping trip planned with her dad, and is just all of a sudden like, nope, the weather's no. good. Yeah, guys, we're leaving. See ya. Yep. We're like, what about the camping trip? <laughs> Come on, commitments. <laughs> and, and then the and I think the funniest thing is like, okay, she leaves because the weather's good, and then she gets rained. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, just so just so many uh, funny points in the film. Um, when she starts her delivery service, kind of going on the comedic aspect of it, um, the people that she delivers to, at least two of them, um, don't seem that grateful uh, yeah. to begin with what they're getting. Because you got the, the first kid is in the stuffed cat. Well, it's Gigi at first because <laughs> she dropped it. She has to go retrieve it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she didn't do her job very well on that one. <laughs> and then, By the way, I love that dog. I just got to yes. say, before, like that dog is the best. And the little sound cues yes. that go with him, the little, brum, 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 like, oh, my God, I love him. <laughs> Yes. old like basset hound or something oh gosh yes <laughs> and yeah and the kids like oh this is dumb just you know rise around and then we have the second delivery um which is she goes to visit this elderly woman who's trying to bake a um pie for her for her granddaughter but the oven's not working so they had to put in this like 
fire um, stone oven uh, type of uh, mechanism. <laughs> yeah, it's an old school oven yeah. where you, you have, it's yeah. a bread oven, I think, actually. And so they do all this work and she's going to be late for, um, Kiki's going to be late for the party that she's been invited to by Tom, though. And she gets to this um, this party uh, where the granddaughter is at, and we have this exchange. Yes, what do you want? I have a delivery, but it is soaking wet. Oh, well, I'm sorry. It began to rain on the way. But don't worry. The food came through all right. Oh, no. I told Grandma I didn't want that. Hey, what'd you get? Oh, Grandma sent me another one of her crummy herring pies again. Okay, well, oh, then, then, maybe, then maybe your grandma doesn't need you. <laughs> yeah, she was pretty ungrateful. Um, uh, and like, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, uh, it does sound a little weird, like a fish and pumpkin pie. That is a little weird, but still, like, you, you, gotta, you gotta show a little gratitude to grandma. Like, exactly. grandma's really like, they have weird ideas, they'll give you weird things. I'm like, okay, grandma, <laughs> I would never use this, but thank you, I love you, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a little aside to that. So, Rebecca's grandmother made something called cheese toast. And I thought it was just a really like, intricate thing. And it's not. It's just literally cheese on toast. toast. <laughs> but it's yummy. Yeah. I right? Mean, you I liked mean, it. What's not, no, yeah, yeah. I did. What's not to like? <laughs> um, Shoot me the recipe for that one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like the uh, Facebook um, post that you see. Um, where it's just like two ingredients. It's like, um, oh gosh, what, what is it like? Um, Franken beans, and it's just, you know, a cup of like um, weenies and like um, a can of beans. And they're like, follow me for more recipes. <laughs> That's not a recipe. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, going um, more on another aspect of Kiki's delivery service, again, we've touched on identity, we've, um, touched on uh witches as well now let's talk about more of the um the sidekick aspect so let's talk about uh gg for um for a minute uh gg is probably the best um sidekick uh for a witch um in this film and he just He's has a like no nonsense cat too but he has just so <laughs> many quips about him like when they go to like her room and it's all dusty he comes with Hey, if you see a white candle morning, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> and they go to the store and she's like, you know, like his cups and Gigi sees like a reflection of himself where he sees a picture. He's like, hey, look, it's me. Hey, look, it's me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love Gigi. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which, did you notice at the end? I thought it was like G-I-G-I, -G -I, but it's J-I-J-I. -J -I. Where did I oh, see Okay, because uh, I'm looking at the, the Wikipedia right now and it's saying, because I thought it's J-I-J-I. So I, I don't know, maybe it's like a like a translation thing or something. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, because I, I have like a like mm -hmm. a towel and it's like like a GG towel, um, <laughs> and it says like it definitely says the GI on it. So I don't know. Oh, interesting. Uh, you, yeah. I mean, does it really matter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's still GG. <laughs> yeah. Again, also with the preconceived notions of light black cats, we've all heard it. You know, don't let a don't let a black cat cross your path because it's That's you know bad luck and. All that stuff. Um, but, you know, I mean, I wouldn't mind if Gigi walked across, you know, and said, hey, come on in. Well, yeah, talking cat, who's going to... Yeah, who's going to say no? <laughs> who's going to say no to that? <laughs> um, was there any um, any points that you wanted to kind of like bring up? Um, any aspects um, that we didn't touch on yet? Well, I mean, when we were talking about flying earlier, I thought it was really interesting. Not only is Kiki, um, you know, 
obsessed, I guess, with flying, but so is Tombo. Tombo's obsessed with flying. He wants mm-hmm. to get up in the air um, where she's like, eh, it's normal for me. I was going to say, that's what draws him to her originally. Is he sees, yeah. like, he's obsessed with flying and he sees this flying girl and he's like, oh my gosh, I have to be friends with her, like, immediately. <laughs> Come to my flying club. Like, there's a Zeppelin coming to town or a dirigible or whatever it is coming to town and he just gets so excited and I can relate to that when, you know, you are, you love this thing, you know, and you're like, oh, wow. Like, if I, you know, was out to meet, if I, like, saw Christopher Nolan on the street, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like, let me, like, I want to talk to you. Like, you, you like, make all these amazing movies. So I, I totally get a lot, like, why he immediately was so drawn to her because he has such a passion for it and he wishes, you know, he has that line where he's like, oh, I wish I could have been a witch and, you know, because he wants to just fly around and have that kind of, like, freedom because Miyazaki, I think, um, really uses he uses flying in I think almost every one of his movies I think Princess Mononoke is the only movie that doesn't have like a flying sequence and I Mm. think it's a big thing is because for him it's very symbolic like you were saying of this kind of like aspect of freedom and just kind of like you know just kind of like not caring about the world there all these scenes they're like in something like spirited away like there's she's like flying escaping like her tormentors and stuff so it is this kind of very like like um just kind of a I, well, I'm not even sure the word I'm looking for but just kind of like this is a way to kind of show that it is people breaking free and just kind of getting away and flight has been that for centuries um in terms of literature and stuff but Miyazaki really does such a good job of using the visual medium of film to have this um metaphor be come across clear, clear as day yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and even the that blimp or whatever they call it um is called the spirit of freedom. Well, there, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, did that's you, really did cool. Guys, did you guys catch the like this quick little um, reference to the Hindenburg? Yeah, and they yeah they say oh the humanity on like the, yeah. the, the like TV or whatever. That was pretty good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're watching it, um, I was like, yeah, it's just like the Hindenburg. It's, it's history happened before our eyes. Yeah. Well, I mean, his last his what was supposed to be his last movie before he retired was supposed to be um, The Wind Rises. You know, I think he's coming out of retirement, um, I think. But like that was supposed to be his last movie was this biopic about the guy who invented the zero airplane. It's all about this guy just daydreaming about flying. So, um, you know, you can see how much it means to him. Yeah, that's true. I've never put it together that all throughout the Miyazaki films, he's very focused on flying. So Mm -hmm. that's cool. And so kind of wrapping up here. since we've kind of touched on uh, kind of like the points that we wanted to with Kiki's delivery service, uh, kind of let's get into our recommendations. Again, I would I would recommend this um, for virtually anyone. Like if you're a fan of anime, if you're a film of the studio, Ghibli, Hayao Miyazaki, definitely would recommend Kiki's delivery service. 10 out of 10 for me. Rebecca? Yeah, it's definitely a safe film. If you've never watched <laughs> anime before, um, it's definitely a good entry into into anime um it's a great story great little coming of age um yeah i mean i don't know if i would say 10 out of 10 what really deserves a 10 out of 10 you've never given a 10 out of 10 to anything no and i'm typically a pretty high rater but um i would say nine a nine out of 10 that's it's really good Derek, how about you yeah i i definitely would recommend this film to anybody um, young or old, um, in between, you know, um, whether you are like someone who has watched a lot of anime, or if you're someone like my mom, for example, who doesn't really watch anime, it's just not really her thing. I think even she would love this. So it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Um, I, I, my, I was checking my review on my letterbox, which is out of five stars. Um, so I'll just have to double my letterbox review. So it would be not that was a four and a half. So it would be a nine star out of 10 for me. <laughs> nice. Nice. 
All right, and let's get on to what are we watching. This is what we're watching this week. And we haven't been watching too much um, lately because we've been trying to get caught up on a few things. Um, I know that, so speaking of going back to Spirit Away again, um, going back to the character of Tondo, if you've watched this, uh, the English dub, um, you'll notice a, a familiar voice uh, from the character Otondo, and that is Matthew Lawrence. And you're like, well, who's Matthew Lawrence? <laughs> well, if you've ever watched um, this World, the character Jack, which we're slowly making our way through, uh, we're now on season five, five, season six. I think it's season five. Yeah, it's not the college years yet. So no, we're, we're getting close, though. Yeah. So Jack, yeah, he wouldn't be there then yet if it's not to college. He shows up at, at college, right? Jack does? Um, so it's, it's before that. They He actually shows up while they're still in high school. Um, oh, okay. I thought it was college, too. So I was just like, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. Eric is in college already. So oh, yeah, because he's, he's a year ahead of. Yeah. So well, doesn't he take a gap year? I thought, like, Eric. It's been he, a while since I've seen the show. He he does like he's in college and he's not. And they took like a summer road trip. Yeah, yeah, that's what he did. And Corey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In terms of anime, we've been watching The Saint's Magic is Omnipotent. Ooh, yes. Um, so we started dub, so we're about three episodes behind of the sub version. And it's really good. Like I, I just like the whole concept of like you've summoned two uh girls and the people thought the people who thought this girl was a saint turns out not to be. Mm -hmm. And she's now they're looking to awkward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, especially for the prince. Kind of gets a hand to him um, the last episode that we watched. Deserved. Turns out to be a nicer guy than you think. And so. manifest. We didn't watch did we watch any of that this week? I don't think I we don't did. think so. It's been a busy week this well, week. Well, cuz you didn't want to watch it at night cuz you got scared. Okay, it's getting <laughs> scary though. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. We watched Forever Ago when it first came out. We watched season 1 when it came out. Just recently I was talking with my family and they're like, "Oh yeah, we've been watching Manifest." I'm like, "Oh yeah, I know it's so good." They're like, "Yeah, we're on season 3." And I was like, "Hold up. There's 3 seasons? Mm -hmm. What do you mean? I thought they just stopped after 1." And I was like, "Oh, whole new world. This is great." And then um Life Lessons with Laurie Chan. Yes. Um, basically, if you are in your 30s, um, you will definitely relate to the dark humor. And kind of um, a dead-end job, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and he works on a kid's show, so... Well, that's what makes it funny. The yeah. juxtaposition of I hate my life and I'm working with happy kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Derek, what are some things that you've been watching lately? Okay, yeah, yeah. So um, I, just, um, I, I, I just saw Venom 2, which was... Pretty mediocre, but it has a great post credit scene. Um, what else have I seen? Uh, I finished up What If on because that shit that just wrapped up on Disney Plus. Um, you know, speaking of stuff that's animated, that was the yeah, great finale. Um, even though it was an anthology, it kind of tied everything together really well in the last episode. Um, speaking more specifically of anime, um, I did watch uh, all of the Star Wars Visions, which, um, if anybody listening isn't familiar, is uh, all these. It's an anthology show of all these different Star Wars. Um, they're just original stories. They might be canon, they might not. They didn't really worry about that. But each one or most of them are made by just different animation studios out of Japan. So they all have a very unique feel. Some of them are a lot more intense. Some of them are much more lighthearted. They're all different. 
Um, even if you don't like one, they're only about 15 minutes long. You're just like, hey, that wasn't great. But on the next one, oh, this one is great, you know, and they just kind of explore all different aspects of this really cool, you know, galaxy that people that, you know, have all this passion for. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, and then I just finished up for after a while, like finally, like two days ago, finished the show that I've been watching for a while now, um, which was Legion, um, which is incredible. Like, oh, my gosh, that show. Huh. Like it, it touches on so many things because it's um, if you aren't familiar, it's a vaguely X-Men show. Um, it's kind of about mutants and it focuses on Charles Xavier's son. And it has all these big themes about like mental health and, you know, like, can we like change our past and be forgiven for what we did? And how does the things that we did, like can people ever really change? And what does that mean? And how do we affect the world? And like, the nature of good and evil and all these really big, interesting questions. And it's done through the lens of like a really smart superhero show. Um, I would recommend it to anybody. Uh, Noah Hawley, um, the guy, same guy who is the showrunner for Fargo. Um, the TV show is the creator of it. Uh, I can't recommend Legion enough. Um, one of my favorite shows that I've watched in quite a while. That's awesome. That sounds really cool. I love yeah, superhero I, movies. Yeah. Or yeah. big Marvel fans. And yeah, just, well, you're yeah. not. Well, no, 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 no. I'll be on. She tries to implicate me all the time. You like them more. <laughs> you don't like Lord of the Rings either. Well, okay. I've, I've, I've tried. <laughs> I have tried. Oh, man. You really have. I know. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. All right. We want to thank Derek Nitduff once again for being a guest on this podcast. Derek, if people want to find out more about you, where can they find you? Yeah, so people, um, I would recommend anybody out there check out my podcast, Underrated. Um, you know, it's it's a lot like this. It is very conversational. Um, I, we'll warn you that we do cuss on that show sometimes, uh, so be aware of that. But yeah, we it is kind of just, a, you know, it's talk, talk about movies and stuff like that. It's, you know, just a lot of friends talking. Very fun. Um, so you can check that out on however you listen to this podcast. Listen on that one. We're also on Instagram, Undercast Company on Instagram or Instagram or Twitter, Facebook. Or if you want to just look me up, um, check out some of my writing or anything, um, follow me at uh, Derek's Photos. That's D-E-R-I-C-K-S underscore photos on Instagram. Um, yeah. and uh, you look, Or look me up on Medium. I've written some stuff there too. Uh, but yeah. Wonderful. Very cool. And again, if you want to find us, we are at Analuya on Twitter and Facebook and at Analuya Podcast on Instagram. If you have any questions or you want to comment on this episode or just share your thoughts, you can contact us at contact at com. contact at A-N-I-L-U-J-A-H.com. And we will see you guys next week for the continuation of our Supernatural series. And I'm actually going to tell you what it is before it comes out. We will actually be discussing Coraline next week. Ooh, <laughs> I told you one of my favorites. <laughs> I know, I almost mentioned that earlier, and I was like, ooh, I don't know if we're keeping this secret or not. <laughs> well, once again, we thank all of you for listening, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Analuya podcast. Be sure to check us out online at analuya.com. There you'll find our weekly blog and a list of all our podcast episodes. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. Join us next time on the Analuya Podcast. <laughs>